Welcome to the CodeCast Podcast. Real-world insights for your daily medical coding and billing processes. And now, here's your host, Terry Fletcher. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CodeCast Podcast. Today, my name is Terry Fletcher. So today, I wanted to actually talk about something called e-visits or digital visits. And those visits are something that you'll find in the 99421 to 99423 area of being able to bill. And these fall under the 1135 waivers when we had the expansion of telehealth for the pandemic. Now they're in the CPT book as far as being a payable service. But remember, just because it's in CPT doesn't mean everybody pays for it. Also, these have been open for payment. I mentioned the waivers Uh, through Medicare only during the pandemic while there was a public health emergency. And I don't think a lot of people knew that. These are very similar to opening up the payment for phone calls, the 99441 to 99443. So remember, those codes and these codes um, may go away once the pandemic ends. I know the phone call codes are definitely going away because they gave us a G-code alternative for one um, audio-only visit. But what these services are is we, we call them digital services or e-visits because they're from a patient portal. So you have a website that allows patients to log in and when they can log in for a brief communication back and forth with your um, provider, which is either your physician or your mid-level provider, then they there is a charge for it. Now the charges are pretty low, so and they're also time-based. And they also have what we call a global um, surround date to them. So they have a seven day previous and a medical visit, which doesn't lead to either the soonest available appointment or the next 24 hours. Very similar to virtual check-ins, but more in a digital sense. And so for the 99421, the RVU is 0.25, and that's for five to 10 minutes. And that's worth about $8 and 65 cents. The 99422 is 0.50, that's for 11 to 20 minutes, and that's worth about 1730. And then the 99423, which is 0.80 RVU, and that's for 21 to 30 minutes. And anything above 30 minutes, you're out of luck. So basically, that's 21 minutes or more, and that's worth about 2768. And you want to be careful because you you want to the physicians not to always pick the highest level because that would be suspect. But what this really is, is first of all, the the patient must consent to have this done. They also must initiate the the care. So it's available in all types of locations. The patient's in their home, and let's say that they were in the office, oh, about a month ago, and they had labs done, they had maybe a biopsy done, and they logged into their account on your EMR system, and they're able to pull up a path report and the lab report showing what was the results of those services. And they didn't come back in for a follow-up visit to discuss that. It was actually done at that previous visit, you know, a month ago or so. And so the pa- the patient reads it and everything, that's not billable. But let's say the patient's looking at that and thinking, well, I don't really understand what this means. And does this mean I need to stop the medication? Does this mean that I have a problem with interactions? Does this mean I need to come back in? Maybe the biopsy uh, was vague and didn't say either way if it was cancerous or non-cancerous. Or maybe the, the terminology that was used in the PATH report was not clear to the patient. 
So the patient basically sends a, a, a communication over. Typically, it's through email, okay? And so they call it online digital evaluation, and it, it has to have evaluation and management um, concepts out of it. So basically, there, there's going to be a back and forth with the patient and the provider. And again, the patient did not come in within seven days, and the patient generated this inquiry. So it can't just be the physician saying, oh, here's your test results, or I've refilled your medication. And this is not what those are for as well. This is not to just refill meds or anything like that. So they're, they're concerned or they have a question and they need guidance from you, one of your providers or practitioners who can, and this is big, this was actually on the FAQ sheet for Medicare, practitioners who may bill independently to Medicare for evaluation and management services. So if it's not a physician, a nurse practitioner or a PA um, or a clinician who cannot bill independently, then you would not use the 99421 or 423. And so, and this is not for nurses, it's not for medical assistants or anything like that. And so basically, let's say the physician and the patient had this back and forth and everything was met. It has to be an established patient as well. That was not waived for the pandemic. So for virtual check-in, it was, you can have a new patient on that. But again, that's going away after the PHE ends. So what this is, they have a back and forth on these test results and the physician gets back to the patient. Again, it's cumulative within these seven days. And let's say they spent, you know, the doctor documents that they spent two minutes answering an email to the patient and responding and what that was. So the, doc, the there has to be a, a, a specific encounter that's created within the uh, electronic medical record. So it can't just be something they write down on a piece of paper in their office. This actually has to have E&M um, support. So it's actually in a digital E&M service. So you have to have an encounter that's created for this conversation back and forth. So that was two minutes documented. And then it's it's left open for seven days. So the patient says, okay, thank you for this information. Um, you can't charge for just a thank you back and forth. You're not charged for them to read that. But say patient says, oh, you know, and by the way, I've noticed that since you started me on this new medication from my last visit, and also with these lab findings, I'm finding at home that my blood pressure has gone up and I'm really concerned. Um, do I need to maybe modify that or will you be just addressing it in my next visit, which isn't for three months? So let's say the physician said, you know, I think you're fine. Keep monitoring it at home. And if it, there's any problem, give us a call if it lasts more than, let's say, a week or two where you're finding that every other day the reads are high and they'll give them a threshold. Okay, and then the doctor puts in there that was another four minutes let's say of an email back and forth so now you've got six minutes total the seven days has passed patients not coming in for another visit and the doctor can and it was a physician back and forth the doctor can report 99421 a couple things patients will have a copay and they are subject to a deductible so that that is not a free out-of-pocket service Next thing, let's say that the, the physician said, I am concerned about the elevated blood pressure. Let's go ahead and get you in for next available. Please call the office and uh, schedule an appointment to come in the soonest available appointment so we can check that out. Then this negates the e-digital visit because the services say if the patient's coming back in, then you can't have these services. So this is kind of an interim conversation that we've never had been able to get paid before. And the doctors really need, you know, to have something like this. So I, I actually really hope once the pandemic is over, the PHE, I should say, I have to 
be, be careful with that. When the P, once the PHE is called um, and is over, that um, this they will have some kind of payment for this. It doesn't look like it's going to be because it's not typical to an E&M. That's why they're not doing the um, audio only as well because that's not part of the Social Security Act. But And also check to make sure that you have private payers that are going to pay for it. My insurance, that is great insurance. I have a PPO silver plan. They don't cover these. Do they cover telehealth? They do, but they don't cover these. And so it's, it would be complete patient out of pocket. That's the other thing. Let's say that you have, you know, you want to start charging for these and you have some patients that aren't covered and some are. If you're going to start charging for these straight across the board, then you're going to have to also let patients know, especially with now the No Surprise Act, um, that they're, they're, they may be subject to um, out-of-pocket if it's not covered by their commercial plan, and you would have to give them an estimate of how much that would cost them. They would have to agree to it before you could bill for it. Um, otherwise, you're going to be out of luck. And that's not fair. You can't you can't charge one population a patient and not charge the other one. There was the reason I'm bringing this up now is because I, I do think there's value for these codes. But there was something that was uh, posted in the news in Becker's um, hospital and then also in the local newspaper in, in Cleveland, Ohio, that Cleveland Clinic is going to start charging fifty dollars um, for their patients for any kind of digital online uh, comments that the physicians made. And I'm like, what? So they're just randomly going to start charging that. And I'm just like, that, no, 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 no. And so I reposted it with the rules here of what you can and can't charge for. And I ended up getting a couple of people from Cleveland Clinic in the billing and coding department saying, okay, hey, you know what? Thanks for posting that because we were just told to bill it and we you know, actually were not aware of some of the rules. So it's interesting when people finally say, you know what, if you're going to put something in the news that you're going to do something and what the mis what could have been misled by or misread by patients was the fact it looked like if you were part of the Epic MyChart, which is their EMR um, portal, that you were going to be charged even if you didn't really use it, if it was just posted in there as a general uh, medical clinical statement. And they can't do that. You cannot charge for things like that. So that was definitely an issue. Now, there are other codes, and these are um, G codes for Medicare that are crosswalks to the 99421 to 423. And I say that because what happens sometimes, remember G codes are Medicare only, they're, they're the um, air quoting, G, we're watching you, they're tracking them. Because there's sometimes there are clinicians that may not independently bill for evaluation management services, meaning they're still appropriately able to bill for certain services. So physical therapist, occupational therapist, speech language pathologist, clinical psychologist, not RNs, not medical assistants, LVNs, LPNs. You know, you, you know what the scope of practice is for certain providers. And that would, when it says clinicians who may not bill independently, don't stop reading there and assume that a medical assistant can do anything because they can't. So these are for services where they can bill uh, services out, but they can't necessarily bill for E&M visits, but they still have um, li licensure availability to be able to bill Medicare uh, directly. So the crosswalk for that would be G2061, G2062, and G2063 based on time, 5 to 10, 11 to 20, and 21 or more minutes. Now, the the pricing for this, I gave you the RVUs. You're Again, you're looking at 8, 17, and $27. So the the 5 to 10 minutes, it's not much, but if your physician is doing this and they're allowing patients to see 
their records uh, within their portal without having to request a copy of their records, and whether it's limited basis or not, and then there is a conversation back and forth. And again, the patient was not seen with the last seven days. They're not coming in at the next available appointment or scheduled in the, within the next seven days. Then you may have something to bill here uh, for that conversation. So one of the takeaways from this is that First of all, these services can only be reported when the billing practice has an established relationship with the patient. This is not limited to only rural set, uh, settings, so there's no ge geographic or location restriction during the PHE. Um, patients communicate with their doctors without going to the doctor's office and again using the patient uh, online portals. That's why it's only available to established patient because a new patient would not be signed up for a portal yet until they've had an initial visit. They need to be initiated by the patient. Okay, so now practitioners can educate the beneficiary, the, the patient, that this is available and a service that they can uh, log into prior to the patient initiation. They can even encourage it if they have questions of anything. But they need to make sure that patients understand that regardless if it's the G codes or if it's the CPT codes that are being used here, Medicare coinsurance and deductible would generally apply to these services. This is where you have to be very um, specific with patients because some patients think that once they leave the office from a face-to-face -face visit or even a face-to-face -face audio and video telephone um, telehealth service, they think that any follow-up questions are free and that they don't, they can just call the office anytime and say, hey, can't the doctor call me back? I, I hate to liken it to what I do, but it's very similar. I have people who've taken a webinar or taken a seminar, and then I just get a flood of email questions. Hey, I took your seminar, or I love your podcast. Thank you, by the way, for those of you who do that. But then all of a sudden, I get all of these questions for codes, coding and billing and compliance, and can you find this? And, and they're pretty lengthy and need some research. Well, just like a physician, that's what I do. That you know, my job is to research and and because I'm a consultant, I get you this information from taking the time to do that. And so that's why you would have to join a membership for me. So to be able to get ongoing coding help, you know, I offer the CodeCast as as the the free again. I'm air quoting uh, information to make sure you have some things, but. For ongoing help, you would need to join my membership. Similar to a physician, for ongoing assistance regarding your care and your patient's care, you need to be able to log in. I think one good thing about this is there is a trail, a back and forth trail from a written conversation. Uh, and so the patient can get that information that way. And then, um, and then the there's that communication is documented. And so, but just remember, they have to be very similar to what the, the E&M value is for the service. So it's not just a quick, uh, yeah, you're fine. The patient says, you know, was this negative or not negative? And the doctor comes back and says, oh, you're negative, you're fine. You can't charge for that. And please don't try. This is basically a patient-initiated concern question, um, almost completion of what did this say to me if they don't understand, what does this mean for further management of that patient, and how is, again, from a patient-initiated conversation, how is this going to affect my care moving forward? So this is where it's just really important to understand the rules if you're going to use these services uh, because they're, they're great services to use as long as you're using them appropriately and that patients understand they're out of pocket. The CodeCast podcast today is also brought to you by Nature's Bounty Supplements, Immune Health. D3 supplements support strong bones and immune health. 
Look at Blanchard's Bounty today on Amazon. So I had an interesting coding question come up. It was actually probably more coding and compliance uh, from one of my Amarillo, uh, Texas heart groups. And they said, and I'll quote, and they said, um, can another physician order a diagnostic test here at the Amarillo Heart Group without being an established patient or being seen by one of our physicians? And the answer is yes. Uh, as long as you are acting as an independent testing facility, you have a referring physician. Just make sure that because it's not an established patient to your practice or it's not your new patient, um, you can't have any kind of E&M service without another referral after the fact. So um, if you have the referral for a new patient visit plus a diagnostic, then obviously you can do both. But if they're just coming in for testing, can you do that? Yeah, you can, as long as you have an order from an outside physician, an appropriate reason for the, the stress test. You have somebody who's on staff to interpret it, a physician, and then you're sending that back and sending the patient back with them and the patient understands they're out of pocket. So just as long as the patient knows all the, the players that are there and you're appropriately, um, you know, sub submitting it, then yeah, you're fine. So that was a good question because I see that happen a lot where we're, it's like, well, we're not really an independent testing facility. We're a physician's office. Well, physicians, sometimes not every practice has an echo or not every practice has the capability to do a stress test. They don't want to send the patient to an outpatient center or to a hospital or anything. So they want to send them to maybe another practice down the street who has it and who has specialty physicians on site that also read and make sure that they interpret those services. So you just have to act like this is an image that, you know, you're going to also do a formal interpretation and it's going to follow uh, the test. Okay, so we appreciate that question. And just a personal tidbit or a personal note to everyone, have a very happy Thanksgiving. Uh, share with me some of your recipes that you have. My signature recipe is my deviled eggs and I have a secret ingredient. So that wants that recipe, feel free to direct message me. But as long as you're not having Brussels sprouts, no, they're not good no matter what you do to them. I don't care if you put bacon on them. I don't care what you do to them. They're not good, people. But everybody's like, oh, no, you haven't had mine. Yes, I don't care. I, Brussels sprouts, no, they're not good. But everything else is great. So hopefully you've got some traditions. You've got some family in town or you're going to family. And uh, you're just going to have a really good week. I know it's been, for some people, a couple of years since they've been able to celebrate with family due to the pandemic. And it seems like this year is, is a little bit better, even though prices are high, inflation is tough to uh, get a lot of, you know, groceries and things. We, I just really hope that everyone at least gets to spend some time with family and, and can do what you can do during, during this tough time, but also because things are opened up. So everyone have a great Thanksgiving week and thank you for listening to the CodeCast podcast and we'll talk to you next time. For more information on medical coding, billing, auditing, and compliance, including how to hire Terry, follow Terry on Twitter at TerryCoder1 or visit her website at www.terryfletcher.net. Podcast producer Joe Kuzma. Music producer Assassin Music. <laughs>